right. Well, good morning. How are you guys this morning? All right, we're going to get started here. Actually, I feel like I'm going in teacher mode again, so I'm going to I'm going to use this thing here. Don't worry, I'm not going to draw anything. <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's pray. Well, thank you, Lord, for today. I just thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you that you're here. We're here because we want to be with you. We want to hear from you this morning. So I just pray, Lord, that you just help me. <laughs> help me to communicate what's on your heart this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to keep on coming. Do what you want to do this morning. In Jesus' name. All right, so this morning I feel like um, the Lord was, has been highlighting uh, really over actually the past couple of weeks. Uh, you guys, if you've been here, you've heard um, the series about being seated with in Him in heavenly places. You guys remember that? This is kind of a continuation of that, but it's a little different. The Lord's been speaking to me about the authority of the believer. And I feel like he really is highlighting that right now. And for our body specifically, I think it's important for us to either remember that we have authority Amen. or actually realize we have authority. And because um, you guys are probably in one of those two camps, okay? Or you're actually, you're walking in authority already and you know, what, you know what's up, okay? So you're in three camps. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the Lord specifically wanted to, to talk about our authority and specifically surrounding um, our authority as a son and a daughter. And um, so if you got your Bibles, let's go ahead and uh, turn to John twenty twenty one. All right. And I want to start here because um, Jesus is talking to his, his disciples, right? So he is, or he's the resurrected. He rose from the dead at this point, and he's appearing to his disciples. And it says in John 20, 21, so Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. John 20, 21. So there's this commissioning that Jesus has, and you guys know in Matthew uh, 28, he says, you know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. There's an authority that we have been given as sons that just as Jesus, the Son of God, was sent, so he's now sending us as sons. And so in order to kind of define that, um, you know, how did he, how, how are we supposed to be sent? What does that actually look like? We have to look at how Jesus was sent. Does that make sense? So if Jesus is making this comparison, hey, I've been sent by the Father, now I'm going to send you. How many of you guys know we need to find out how Jesus was sent? Does that make sense? So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke 4, 18. This is how Jesus was sent. Luke 4, 18. 
Jesus is in a synagogue and he is handed the scroll of Isaiah. He begins to read it and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay. So how was Jesus sent? In the power of the Holy Spirit. But what was he doing as he was sent? Preaching, yeah, proclaiming the gospel, right, of peace. Proclaiming freedom to captives, right? He was, he was healing the blind, right? He was setting the oppressed free, all right? This is why Jesus was sent. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to give you guys a bunch of scriptures. We're just going to go through scripture through scripture today. I just feel like this is like there's like teacher mode today if you guys are able to handle this. 1 John 3 8. This is how Jesus was sent. This is why he was sent. One of the many reasons why he was sent. So if you got your Bibles, 1 John 3 8. All right, the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? So if he was sent to do that, and then he says, as I was sent, I'm sending you, what does that mean about us? We're to do the same, that's right. He has now commissioned us to do the same as he was sent. To destroy the works of the devil. Okay? Now, we've talked about this countless times, probably. Um, But I really feel like we either need to be reminded or we need to be made aware that we have an authority to do this. Because I'll be honest, like some of you guys and maybe some of you guys who've been walking with the Lord for a while or some of you guys are brand new, you're like, well, I'm not, you know, those healing evangelists or whatever, those super Christians I see on TV. Like, I'm not really there yet. Anybody feel like that sometimes? I'm raising my hand too. (laughs) I'm not there yet. I don't know if I can do all that stuff yet. But in reality, you are there. Now, if you guys remember when we talked about being seated with him in heavenly places in Ephesians 2, you are seated with him. If you are a born-again believer, you're seated with him there. It is a fact whether you feel it or not. Now, you've been given authority to destroy the works of the devil whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it or not. It's been given to you. How many of you guys feel like you can destroy some stuff the enemy's doing in people's lives? Yeah? Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> for real. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Depends on the day, depends on the mood, depends on whatever, you know what I mean? But the truth is, 
the authority has been given to me to do it. All right. Okay, now let's, uh, we're going to kind of go in between uh, these two kind of parts of Scripture. Uh, if you got your Bibles, Matthew 16, 19, go ahead and, and turn there. I'm going to write some stuff up here on the board here. So we were, all right, First John 3, 8. I want to specifically point out, don't worry, we'll get to, uh, to Matthew 16. But when we just read, I want to specifically point out this word to destroy. Okay? Now the Amplified Version says, this is the Amplified Version of 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God was made manifest and visible was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Okay? So I want to I kind of focus on this right here, the, the to destroy word, okay? Now let's get to back to Matthew 16, 19. And it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Okay? So right off the top of the of the scripture here, he's talking about he's talking to Peter here. He just Peter just gave him, you know, um, yeah, you're the son of God. He's like Jesus, like who do people say I am? Peter's like, yeah, you're the son of God, you're the Christ. And then Jesus says, your name is Peter, which means stone or pebble. And on this rock, this revelation that I am the Messiah, the Son of God, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. And then he goes on to say, what, I have given you the keys. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Okay? So what does it mean? Jesus is talking to his disciples here, and he's saying, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What does that actually mean? That's a very you know, Christianese kind of phrase here, like, but what does that practically mean? What is Jesus doing when he's giving him keys to the kingdom? Well, think about it like this, okay? In my house, I've got four kids, right? And I don't give my keys out to my house to anybody, but I give them to my kids. So my kids have access to my house and everything in it. Everything in it is theirs. They can use it. They can eat from the refrigerator. They do that a lot. <laughs> they can sleep in the beds. They can watch TV. They can do, you know. They have access to my home, to my house, because I've given them the keys. Does that make sense? Jesus, in the same way, is giving his disciples the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Picture that. And why is he giving them the keys? This is a huge question. This is probably the biggest question that trips Christians up. 
Why do you have access to the kingdom of heaven? How do you have authority? Why do you have the keys? Because you're one of his children. Just like my kids, I give them the key to my house, not because they're really good or they're really bad or whether they brushed their teeth today or did the dishes. They have access to the kingdom because they're my kids. Are you guys getting this? Your access to the kingdom, if you are a born-again believer, has nothing to do with what you do. Did you hear that? Your access to the kingdom of heaven, to the keys, keys also speak of in scripture as authority. You have ability to open doors and to close doors, to lock them and open them, right? So the reason why you have access is because of the blood of Jesus. It's the only reason. I know I'm laying like a foundation here. We've talked about this when we were talking about being seated in heavenly places because you're seated with him in heavenly places because of nothing you have accomplished or done, but because you have become a brand new person when you became born again. You became a son. You were adopted into a family, into his family. And because you literally have the same spiritual DNA as him, you have access to his house. Just like my kids have the same DNA as me and they can come and go in my house. It's their house. Okay. So you've been given the, kings of the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is doing the same to us as well. All right, now I want to go through a couple words there in uh, Matthew 16, 19. We're going to do a little bit of a word study here today. Okay, so when uh, I'm going to read through it, and we're going to kind of point out a couple things. So in Matthew 16, 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. All right, so we're in Matthew 16, right? All right, so that word bound there, we're going to point out the word bound, okay? And there's another word there, loosed, okay? Now, interesting thing about this is that word in Greek, loosed, is the same word used in 1 John 3, 8, to destroy, and there's a connection. There's a reason why they are using, the Holy Spirit spoke through the author to use those same words. Because he's speaking about your authority to destroy the works of the enemy. So when Jesus is speaking in Matthew 16 and also in Matthew 18, this is so important that Jesus said it twice, Matthew 18, 18 says the same thing, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, using the same word loosed, or I mean bound, um, I'm getting this mixed up here, no, whatever you loose to destroy is the same word, right? 
And it means the same thing because when we release, when we loose people that are bound by the enemy or we release things from the kingdom of heaven into this world, it's destroying the works of the enemy. All right. And then, of course, in Matthew 18, 18, also says uh, bound. That word bound in the Greek is also the same word as in Matthew 18, 18. Now, why is this important? Okay. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. So we talked about the, the keys, right? And we, we've talked about that these keys have been given to us because we have become sons and daughters. If you're a born-again believer, if you have put your faith into Jesus Christ and you're living for him as your Lord and Savior, you became born again, and you actually have the same DNA as Jesus. If you don't believe me, read John 12, 24. I'm going to read it to you guys. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. How many of you guys know you don't have to, I mean, we know in the, the, the age of genetics and stuff like that, if you've got a seed of, of wheat and you, the DNA in that seed of wheat, when you plant it into the ground, it produces more seeds and fruit with that same DNA. That's what happened when Jesus, Jesus was, he was pointing to his death here. When he was, when he was buried when he was that grain of wheat that was buried in the tomb after the crucifixion and he rose from the dead, he now gave access and the ability for the rest of us to become exactly like him, to have the same DNA, to be sons. You know, scripture literally says he's our older brother Now, he is fully God, fully man. Don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not fully God, okay? There is a distinction. He is capital S son, and we were lowercase s sons. You guys know what I mean by that? But he made us like him, and he made those who don't believe in him the potential to become like him. 2 Corinthians 5.16, you became a new creation. Literally, you, you became a new species. Now, I'm hammering this because this is why you have authority. Because the enemy comes along, and I'm hammering this because the enemy comes along and he's going to tell you, hey, you didn't pray five hours today, or hey, you yelled at the kids today. You don't have authority. Who do you think you are? Why do you think that you can access the kingdom of heaven? And who do you think you are that you can come and destroy things that I'm doing in people's lives because you sinned? Or because you didn't do enough, you didn't fast enough, you didn't pray enough. We've got to get this. And I'm just preaching to myself here because the enemy, he does the same thing to me. Who do you think you are? Why, why do you think you can make a difference here in this world? All right. So we have the same DNA as Jesus. 
Romans 8, 29, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among, among many brethren. And the spirit himself testifies, this is Romans eight sixteen, with our spirit that we are children of God and if children, we're heirs. Heirs of God, fellow co-heirs with Christ. Now this is speaking to, what are we heirs to? We're heirs to the kingdom of heaven. You were predestined. Now I'm not reformed, not, I'm not reformed, so don't, get, don't go there. Out of his foreknowledge, he predestined us. He knew everything from the beginning to the end, but he knew that you would choose him, and he predestined you to look like Jesus on the earth. That's what Romans 8 is saying. To be conformed into the image of Jesus, his son. That's you, that's me. That is his end goal. All right. And you know, I, I, I believe, because I mean, let's just be real here. Um, a lot of times, I don't see, you know, sometimes I pray for people and, and they get healed. Sometimes I pray for them and they don't get healed. Uh, sometimes, you know, I pray <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff and my, my prayer isn't necessarily answered all the time, but sometimes it is, right? Can we, can we be real about that? that we're not seeing 100% yet, yet. But um, I believe we're seeing progressively more and more fruit of us exercising this authority because we're progressively believing more and more of who we are. And not just the head knowledge, that we actually are believing that we're sons we're not having to convince ourselves over and over again where we're telling our emotions, where we're telling, no, you're a son, you're a son. You know, we're not having to do that, but that we're progressively becoming to actually really believe for ourselves that we're sons and we're daughters. And as we step into that and as we are growing in that, we will see more and more of the kingdom of heaven in our life. Because it is that faith that we are accessing the Father's house, that we're accessing the kingdom of heaven. And the more we believe that we have access, the more we will access. Does that make sense? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, you no, know, it, it basically, if... I know, man. See, I'm flowing here. I <laughs> Listen to the podcast. No, um, no the more that we believe we are progressively coming to know who we really are as sons and daughters. You know, the, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about the Holy Spirit. That's one of his jobs. One of the jobs of Holy Spirit is to reveal to you everything that was in your inheritance. That he, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's by revelation revealing more and more and more what is ours in him 
progressively we're getting to understand what is our inheritance, what has been given to us because of nothing we have accomplished on our own strength, but because of the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. I don't know, did I cover it? (laughs) But the more we get to know that, the more we will actually believe and we'll be able to access what we know is there in the kingdom. Now, I know I'm talking a lot of theory here. We'll get to practical stuff here, okay? So, Jesus showed us how to do this. He showed us what this is really like. He was the model of the perfect son, obviously, right? So, in Luke 13, let's, let's turn there. We're going to park there for a little bit. Luke 13, 10. So if you've got your Bibles, go there, and we're going to kind of stay there for a little bit. All right, I'm going to start verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. For you guys who don't know what bent double, you know, she bent over. <laughs> when Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue official, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, There are six days in which work should be done so come during them to get healed and not on the sabbath day but the lord answered him and said you hypocrites does not each of you on the sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him and this woman a daughter of abraham as she is whom Satan has bound for 18 years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said this, all his opponents were humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing over the glorious things being done by him. All right. So there's a bunch of verses in here. There's words in here that are going to correlate with what we read in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. Okay, so Jesus is showing, there's this picture of this woman who's like bent over. I mean, good gracious, could you imagine that? And like for her every day, you're like bent over for 18 years. You're like, you're walking like this, or I don't know how she was walking, but I don't know how she was walking, period. And gives uh, Jesus kind of gives us a little clue here about um, this battle that is going on and a battle of kingdoms that is going on. And there's like an authority struggle here, but I wouldn't even really call it a, a struggle because Jesus is like king here in this, this whole situation. And he begins as a son to exercise authority. So what we have here is we've got this woman who he clearly says in verse 16 that Satan has bound, okay? Okay, so 
in verse 16, he said, And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is whom Satan has bound, that word bound, guess what? In the Greek is the same word as this bound. So Matthew 16, where it says, you've been, you know, you've been given the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That same word, Satan is binding people here on earth because he had, has authority to. Now, I don't believe he has authority, authority to do it now because of the cross. Because... First Colossians, I mean Colossians two, it says that he was stripped of all power and authority, uh, being made a public spectacle because of the cross. But in this instance, he was he had bound this woman with this sickness, this demonic spirit. It says spirit was in this this lady and was causing her to be bent over. Jesus shows up, and he says, "What does he say?" Verse 12, it says, woman, you are what? Loose, you're freed. That word actually, it isn't the same word as this loosed, but it's almost, it's, it's like very, it's, it's uh, related. It means the same thing. It means to be loose, to be freed. Um, but then it goes on to say, you know, that Jesus was saying, you know, that this woman has been bound for 18 years. Should she not have been released? Guess what? This word is released. It's the same word as loosed in Matthew 18 and Matthew 16. And he's saying, shouldn't this woman who has been bound by the enemy be released, be set free? And of course, everybody's like, yeah, duh, of course. And then he goes on, and, you know, he's talking about this. He gives them this picture about an ox and a donkey. And it says, like, you've got an ox and donkey. On the Sabbath day, don't you at least untie him? Guess what that word untie is? It's loosed. These words are all connected. Jesus is, is painting a picture here, I believe, in Luke 13, he's painting a picture of what it looks like and what he was talking about in 16 and eight, Matthew 16 and 18. There's this struggle of authority here. And Jesus, having all authority, he trumped the enemy's authority to bind and to loose by releasing this woman, by loosing her from his grip, from his hold and ultimately destroying the work of the enemy in her life. Does that make sense? You know how many people are out there that are like those donkeys and like those oxes? They're bound. Most, well, all unbelievers to some degree are bound right now. Some Christians are bound. And Jesus is saying that you have authority to unbind them, to release them, to loose them. And to kind of get into that, and we've talked about this many times, you know, the authority, the reason Satan had authority to do this in him, because, you know, when Adam and Eve, when they ate that apple, they were, they had authority, they had a dominion over the earth, 
And then when they ate the apple or whatever, you know, the fruit, it wasn't an apple probably, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they surrendered their authority to the enemy. And so the enemy was running with this authority until the second Adam came, Jesus, and he came specifically to make us like him so that we, in the same way, would have authority as sons to destroy the works of the enemy in the world. And you guys are specifically have been born. Think about this. You guys have been specifically, Acts talks about this. You've been specifically born during this time frame. I don't know. Who's the oldest person here? <laughs> what year? Oh, Lonnie. Lonnie, what year were you born? No, I'm kidding. But you've been born in this period of time of all of history. You have been specifically planted here in this time, in this country, and you're actually specifically in Wilmington right now, 2023, for a specific purpose. And it's to be a son and a daughter and to bring the kingdom of heaven to bind and to loose here in Wilmington on the earth right now. Otherwise, we talk about it, we kind of joke about it, Jesus would have like, you know, angel snipers. And once we get born again, all right, bring them home. <laughs> We're still here for a reason. You are in people's lives right now because you have been ordained and predestined to bind and to loose heaven, loose heaven in their situation and to bind and to destroy the works of the enemy. And you're going to do it because he is our victor, victorious conqueror and he made us his sons and now that we have that same authority, we can walk as a son and in that same authority. But here's a picture. This is what the enemy has been doing to the church for the longest time and it's like an awesome plan. I mean, the enemy, like he might be a punk, but he's not dumb. And you've literally got like the church running around and, and it's getting better. I'm not trying to, I love the church. The church is his bride. But the enemy has come into the church and he's basically like kind of hidden your badge of authority as a son and a daughter so that you cannot bring damage to his kingdom and destroy what he's doing. Think about it like this, this picture of like all of the policemen here in Wilmington, if they're running around with their guns and their badges and they're just observing everything that's going on, all the bad stuff that's going on and they're just like, mm, I can't do anything about this. And here they are, they've got a badge, they have authority and they've got a gun, they've got power to do something about it and they're just running around. I mean, you would think, what's wrong with these guys? Use your gun. Use your badge. That bad guy over there, he's stealing that stuff. Go stop him. This is a picture of the large portion of the church. They've been given the badge, the authority, because of the son, because they're sons. And they've been given the gun. 
They've given the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. But they don't know it. Or they don't believe it. Now, I know that's none of you guys in here. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be, this isn't like a condemning message here because we're all a work in progress in this area. Like I was telling you, we are progressively becoming more and more and more and more aware of how much we really are as sons and daughters. And out of that, we'll have faith to access what has been given to us already through the cross of Jesus Christ. All right. So that's what it looks like. Jesus is showing us this picture of what it looks like to loose, okay? Because I'll be honest, you guys have been in prayer meetings sometimes and it's like, I bind this, I lose this. And you're like, what are you actually really doing? What are you talking about? But really, this Jesus is painting a picture of what this looks like. He is literally, he's speaking, he's commanding, he's using his authority with his voice to release somebody who is bound by the enemy and guess what? The enemy has to listen because he has authority. And then when you're binding stuff, we actually have the ability and the authority to bind the enemy, to handcuff the enemy. If you want to picture it as like a police, we have the ability, the authority as sons to tell the enemy to quit picking on that dude over there and arrest them. Now, I'm not totally fully there. I've seen people get delivered from stuff from the enemy, from, de from demons and stuff like that, but there have been times I pray for people and they didn't get free. I'm not there yet, but we're getting there. So I just feel like, um, you know, this morning... The Lord wants to encourage you guys that if you're saying in your heart, man, I don't know if I can do this stuff. I don't know. I, don't, I can't even take care of this stuff in my own life, let alone helping other people in their life. Let me encourage you. First off, you can and you have authority for things in your own life. You have authority to bind and to loose things in your life, in your family's life, and you do it with the Jesus model. What did Jesus do? When he, uh, how did he exercise his authority when we read in Luke? Do you guys remember? What did he do? What was the first thing he did? He spoke. And then he laid his hands on her and, and delivered her. But he spoke. Now, I want to really highlight this thing because the enemy wants to keep you quiet. Because he knows if you open your mouth that you're going to do damage to his kingdom. Your authority is exercised by your voice. What did Jesus say to the mountain, about the mountain? Did he say, go over and lay hands on that mountain? Go dig that mountain up. He said, speak. Speak to that mountain. Why did he say speak? That's just so weird. How is my words going to actually move something? But it does in the spirit. 
And we talked about this when we were talking about being seated in heavenly places, that your words actually release heaven. There are angels that are literally waiting for your word. Now, we don't command angels, but we can release them by us declaring something bound or something loosed. So your words are powerful. I remember I had this dream a couple years back. And in this dream, I was, I was actually, I was ministering to like these young people. And this lady comes up and somehow I knew in the dream that she was like a witch, right? And she started doing, you know, all the witch stuff, hexing, curses, all that kind of stuff in this dream. And all of a sudden I can't, I couldn't talk. And I began to like try to rebuke her in the name of Jesus. You know, this is my dream where I'm like, oh, I'm buying, you know, all that stuff. But I'm trying, but I can't, my, nothing comes, nothing's coming out. And it like, I mean, this is a very vivid dream. And I woke up immediately in the dream. And when I woke up, I still couldn't talk. And I just tried, I was, I remember waking up trying to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I just couldn't say it. I was like, <laughs> Now, some of that might have been because, you know, your body sort of paralyzes itself when you sleep. But the other part of it is, um, is it was an attack on my voice because I was speaking into these, these young people's life. And the, this witchcraft, this, this demonic thing was coming against me trying to, not to hurt me in any other way, but to, he, they went after my voice. And I was like, Lord, that's so weird. I prayed about the dream and stuff like that. He kind of gave me some insight on the situation. It was kind of something going on in, you know, in the natural. And I was like, and I'd ask the Lord, I was like, Lord, what's the deal with my voice? Why did she attack my voice? And he says, there's authority in your voice. Because you're a son. When you decree something, things take place in the spirit, whether we see it or not. I'll be honest, a lot of times we aren't going to see it. Sometimes you might see it. You might see that person get out of a wheelchair or you might see, I don't know what, some awesome miraculous thing take place. I believe we're going to see that more and more. But there's something about your voice. And you know, Romans 10 talks about it. That your heart is where you believe and your voice you, you confess. You know, that's how we were saved. We confessed Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. He, was, he is the son of God. So I encourage you, and I'm saying all that because, you know, when we worship, and this is just kind of like a little practical lesson here. Um, you know, a lot of times when we worship, we come in Sunday morning or you come to a worship service and we're sitting there and we're waiting for the worship leader to kind of get the juice flowing or I don't know what until we start feeling anointing. And then we open our mouth. And then we start singing. Well, I want to encourage you. Right when the music starts, open your mouth, start singing. Because when you're singing in the spirit, when you're worshiping God, you're doing something, you're changing something in the atmosphere. Whether you feel it or not, 
And your worship, and we talked about this the past couple of weeks, you know, I think it was in Acts 16 where it's talking about when Paul and Silas, they were singing and people were listening to them and it set captives free. Your worship actually releases something in the spirit. Your authority that's on your voice, it releases something in the spirit for everybody else to benefit from. So don't stay silent when you, during worship. Don't wait for the tingly anointing or whatever you want, the weighty presence of God, the Shekinah glory to come to start singing. Why don't you start singing and then he'll come? Because there are, whether you believe it or not, I mean, some of you guys might think we're kooky, but whether you believe it or not, when we come and we show up on Sunday morning, there is a battle going on in the spirit. The enemy is trying to hinder what God is trying to do in this area in our church right now. He's trying to do it right now. But our voice carries the authority of an heir of the kingdom of heaven. And when we speak, it releases heaven. It trumps what the enemy is trying to do. So let's not come silent. Let's not wait for the anointing to come and then we start singing. Let's believe I'm going to sing to him while we're worshiping. I don't know why we're doing the worship thing, but there's, maybe it's the watch night thing. I don't know. <laughs> but there is an authority on our voice when we worship. All right, so in your prayer time, the same thing. Speak. Use your voice. Talk out loud. Don't just pray in your head. I'm telling you, speak it out loud. There's authority on your voice. Okay. I just want to share a quick story, and we'll wrap this thing up. This is just kind of an example and, and, uh, of, of this seeing this in my own life. I remember one time I was, I was going to go look at a car to buy a car, and um, I'm sitting there waiting for this guy, and all of a sudden my neck like starts hurting like like bad like a bad pain in my neck i'm just sitting there i'm not doing anything i'm not you know straining my neck or anything but all of a sudden i have this sharp pain in my neck and now I, i've known you know uh walking with the lord you know that he speaks in all kinds of different ways and I, uh, one of the ways he does is he he kind of like does something in our body that we he's trying to get our attention about something and so I, was, so I turned, I asked the Lord, all right, Lord, what do you want to do? Is this guy got issues with his neck or something like that? And I just felt like Holy Spirit kind of in my heart. I didn't hear any audible voice or anything. I just had this impression, yeah, this guy's going to have something going on with his neck, and I want to heal it. I was like, okay, Lord. So, um, so the guy um, shows up, and... Um, and we're talking to the guy. I'm looking at the car. The car was a piece of junk. I was like, nah, I'm buying the car, man. <laughs> but I was like, hey, you got something going on with your neck? And he's like, well, yeah, I've got, I was on a car accident. My neck's completely jacked up. I can't you know, move and all sorts. I was like, okay. Well, the Lord showed me he wanted to, to heal your neck. He's like, okay, well, yeah. So I was like, all right, can I lay my hands on you? And I just began to speak to his neck. And I said, be healed in Jesus' name. I began to loose his neck. I began to exercise my authority as a son, and I began to loose his neck. 
the presence of God showed up. The guy jumps back. <laughs> He's like, whoa, what was that? And I was like, that's him. That's Jesus. That's the Lord. And um, actually, <laughs> James, you were there with that, that time. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. And um, it was awesome. The guy gets touched. But it was that simple. Sometimes we make it so complicated. But it was me believing that as a son that I can hear his voice because John 10, 4, my sheep know my voice. And then, he, then I step out in faith and then I begin to lose my authority as a son to release healing because by his stripes we are healed and heaven shows up because something on my voice comes in agreement with heaven. And I don't know if the angelic was released or Holy Spirit in me. I don't know practically or what went on in the spirit, but heaven showed up. Heaven's going to show up when you speak. Not because of how much you prayed that morning, but because your sons and daughters. If you're born again. If you're not born again, hey, we can take care of that today. But I want to encourage you guys. Begin to exercise your authority as sons. Now, I say sons because Scripture doesn't necessarily say daughters. Because daughters didn't inherit. You guys you understand that, right? So if you're a daughter, if you're a girl, you're a son, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Just to make that, make that clear, because some of you are like, well, why does he keep calling me? I'm a girl. I, don't, I guess that doesn't apply to me. No, it applies to you. The son gets the inheritance, right? So whether you're a girl or a boy, we're not talking about gender confusion here, okay? <laughs> you're a son. You're his son. And you've been given and delegated authority. And I encourage you guys, the Lord is encouraging you to use it. And I know you guys have situations in your life where you're seeing the enemy binding and, you know, uh, restricting and, um, you know, chaining up people to sickness, to pornography, to drugs, to uh, money, to like all kinds of stuff. The enemy's doing that in every unbeliever. And he's telling you, all right, as I've been sent, I'm sending you. And hey, I, I came to set the captives free to proclaim. And that's interesting where it says, it doesn't say necessarily I, he's physically going there and setting the captives free. It says he's preaching, he's proclaiming freedom to the captives. And that's why it's your voice. So begin to pray for these situations. Begin to proclaim freedom over these people. And I encourage you, people that are in your life, to talk with them. And if you see that the enemy is just eating their lunch, is just beating them up, hey, pull out the badge. Unholster that gun. <laughs> Exercise your authority. You might feel a little awkward, you're going to feel awkward sometimes. When I, when I asked that guy if I could pray for his neck, it was awkward. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, um, can I? Uh, you know what I'm saying? But who cares? 
He got touched. He will never forget that. So I want to encourage you guys. Let's do the same thing in your life. And we're just going to pray real quick. We're just going to ask Holy Spirit to help us here because we need Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. But he is awesome. Holy Spirit is so awesome. He loves. He gets excited to reveal to us what is already ours. So, Lord, we, we just... We ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you would just unveil, reveal to us, Lord, that it's just not head knowledge that we have authority, that, Lord, you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to understand, to comprehend, to experientially know that we have authority as sons and daughters, that we have access to our Father's king, kingdom, to the, our Father's house, that we have been given the keys so, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to believe that who you say we are. And I pray, Lord, right now that you would reveal to us situations, people that you have placed within our lives right now in Wilmington or wherever you guys live. Lord, Holy Spirit, reveal these people to us. I pray that you would open this week, open doors for us to exercise authority and power in their life. And Lord, we pray and we believe that you're going to show up. Thank you, Lord. I just encourage you guys, be looking for that this week. This is something we just got to practice. This has just got to be part of our life. You know what I mean? Like, we're not here just to pay bills and die. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're here for a reason. We're here to make the wrong things right. To reconcile the world to the sun. And we do this by exercising our authority as sons.